great. Oh, it's so good to be here with everyone today. You know, the holidays are here. Right? Okay. Y'all seem real excited about that, so I'm so glad. It is. And you know how I can tell the holidays are here is because at 7 um, on Thursday morning, I'm sitting there eating my pumpkin spice Cheerios, because you can do that now, apparently, and, and I'm watching a commercial, and it gets me. Why is it that the commercials that really get you are in ho- Why is it always, why do they wait for s- December? And, and here I am with, you know, my Kleenex, and, and I even told Gina about it later that afternoon. She starts crying, you know. You're going to start seeing a lot of holiday commercials. And my hope is that you're prepared and you're not driving while you're watching them. They're very <laughs> emotional. But holidays are here, and, uh, and I'm excited. The place looks great. Thank you to our staff and building staff for putting all the decorations up. Um, if you are not coming to class today or the next two weeks, I'm going to encourage you right now that I, I would, I'm going to put the challenge out. Come to class. For the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about some very important things for the future of our church. Just vision and conversation, and it's happening in our classes. So if you don't typically have a class you go to, come to the auditorium. It starts at 9 o'clock, and there's always room for you in the auditorium. It's a big auditorium. Okay, And if you don't want to go there, then there's rooms upstairs, and there's always room up there, too. So I'm going to encourage you, come to class the next three weeks. It's going to be good, and you will not regret it. Um, this morning, we're going to begin a brand new series that I hope will help us to prepare for this holiday season that is upon us. I'm calling it Gifted, uh, because we've all been given gifts. All of us, our focus for the next several weeks will be on what we plan to do with the gifts that we've been given. It is, after all, December, right? It's the season of giving gifts, is what Paxton said. You know, we're, we're all thinking about what we're going to get one another. Some of us are even thinking about more what we're going to get from one another. That's okay. This is more the season, really, of giving I mean, we see the calendars, the dates are getting full. We see that for some of us, this holiday season is unfamiliar territory. It's a holiday that's going to look much different than past holidays have. Some of us are approaching this season with too many requests and not enough money. Some of us are approaching this season trying our best to remind others that this season is more than buying and selling. It's, it's a moment we try to encourage one another. And I know some of you are in here, you're doing your best to encourage people about what the real reasons are. And I know that some of you may feel like your voice is falling on deaf ears. I know that, that your words of encouragement could become discouraging to you. I get that. But wherever you are, you can count on the fact that our Sundays here together will be a time for us to stop and to rest. I'm not talking sleep. I'm talking about rest. I know that y'all do that, by the way. I can see. I really wish we had a camera going this direction. (laughs) You know, we're so busy in our life that when we finally stop, our bodies say sleep. 
Because we don't really do a very good job at taking moments to truly rest. So I want you to, I want to encourage you, these Sunday mornings are going to be a moment for you to stop and to rest. And I'm going to encourage you right now to put aside all your distractions. I don't say this often, but I'm going to ask you, turn your phone off if it's a distraction for you. Go ahead, it's okay. Put down the bulletin even. You can read it after church. Put aside those things that are going to distract you. And just be in the presence of God today. You are beside people, by the way, who are also distracted, just like you. And they're struggling with life, just like you. And I think they're looking, they're looking for something today, hopefully, just like you. And I think all of us deep down, we really want to experience God. We have that in common. The good news is that He can and will be found if you're really looking for Him. I think that's kind of on us a little bit. Do we really want to experience God today? Because there is rest if you're willing to put aside all those things that are weighing you down. God has gifts for us. And we can't really take the gifts if our hands are already full. So take a moment today, this morning. Stop. You can breathe deep if you want. That helps me. Rest. Take a moment. Whether you're on top of the world whether you're being beaten down by it, whether you're surrounded by friends and family, or whether you don't really have anyone here. Maybe you just feel completely alone. Wherever you are, take a moment today to rest, to focus, and to listen. I know it's hard, but God has something to give us. Let's get ready to receive. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you. We are grateful. Lord, help us to put aside those distractions that may keep us from hearing, that may keep us from understanding, that may keep us from paying attention. I know I'm easily distracted. It's kind of an ongoing thing for many of us, I fear. But I ask this morning that you would speak to us, and as we prepare to rush headlong into this season that's that's so busy and difficult on so many levels, but also exciting and wonderful. As we prepare to rush headlong into that, help us to right now take our starting moment to dwell in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. So turning your Bibles, please, to Luke chapter 21. Luke 21. It's in the New Testament, third book of the New Testament. So I'm going to set this up for you really quick. My text today, it's not the typical sweet and pleasant holiday sermon. I mean, usually the holidays, they begin with a gentle reminder of how there should be a little bit more hope and peace and people loving one another. I mean, it's Christmas after all, right? Christmas, we speak on the same themes every year. We do that. We're going to speak on those same themes this year too, but it's a little, we're going to look at it a little differently. I think it's really important to remember the gift that God has given us in His Son. 
we do this on an ongoing manner. But for this month, I really want us to dwell on this gift that is Jesus. And I think it's also important that we remind others just what kind of a gift Jesus really was. We really need a reminder right now. If you listen to the news, things seem to be getting scarier and scarier. I mean, there are some bad things happening. Fires and, oh, you name it. But this isn't new. I don't know if that's encouraging or not, but it's not new. It's always been something going on. There's always been danger and difficulty. So in Luke chapter 21, let me set this up. So, so they're in the temple. And Jesus, it's a really, it's a really neat way to start this. Um, I, I would say it's either ironic or paradoxical. I don't really know if either one of those words fit. But this is what you have. You have Jesus looking at a little woman who is a widow. I don't like to say little widow woman because that doesn't sound really. But I don't know if she is little. It doesn't say if she is little or not. But she's this woman who has absolutely nothing except for two little coins. And Jesus notices, which means the God of the universe notices this woman who has nothing. And she's giving it all to the temple. She's bringing her gift, as meager as it is, and giving it to the creator of the universe. He notices her, and it's a pretty sweet moment. But it seems that the apostles were more interested in talking about how beautiful the temple was. They're more interested in craftsmanship and the shiny marble floors and the quality. And I think it's, it reminds me, people are always and have always been the same, haven't we? We've always been more attracted by the new and the shiny things. You know, Jesus notices this frail woman with relatively nothing to offer. And the disciples notice an inanimate object. So Jesus has to reorient them to the things that really matter. And you see him doing that a lot in the New Testament. So he talks about how the fact that that this inanimate object they're so admiring is going to fall. It's not going to last. Persecution will come. Things will become dangerous and things will become difficult. And then he ends his discussion in verse 25, starting in verse 25. I'll read this to you. He says this, There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. I know you're thinking, wow, holiday series. Woo, that's gentle. Thank you. (laughs) I hear you. But I want to take this scripture and I want to go just a little deeper here. Okay, this sounds familiar, doesn't it? Nations in anguish, people are perplexed, terror. I mean, we see headlines all the time across the globe. We see violence. We see danger. We see in our state how drugs and and, and violence have ravaged neighborhoods and communities. We even see it locally. We see how gun violence continues to do damage, make headlines. And we see, for some reason, racism is still a thing. And it's, it's getting worse. 
And we see problems nationwide. You know, we see people who are struggling to lead and then they lead and they finally make it and then they rise and they fall. And all the time, people around us, sometimes even me, we kind of enjoy the show. There are headlines today that could be written that could have been written even back then. So Jesus says this. He's, he's saying this. He's reorienting, reorienting his disciples. He's in the middle of the temple grounds where God is supposed to be. And the place that should be protected from all these things. But Jesus says bad things are coming. I mean, what if I were to tell you bad things were coming? Would you agree? Would you think I was bringing you down? Something tells me if I had about two or three sermons of bad things are coming, I'd, I'd have a full email inbox. Fuller. <laughs> but the truth is, bad things are happening all around us. I mean, look around. Just listen. Just watch. It's not only in the news, but listen to your neighbors. And you might hear that some people, well, they're tuned in and they're ready for the worst possible outcome. Are we? It's an important question, I believe, because I think that when we hear the news, I think it's an important question to ask ourselves. How do we respond to that? Do we contribute to the weight of the world? Do we pile it on by adding our own stories to top the fear people are already beginning to feel? Or do we even just shrink in fear? We change our patterns, change our routines because we're afraid? Do we begin treating strangers as potential threats? Instead of opportunities to serve. It's kind of the crazy world we live in, isn't it? Because others are going to see how we respond to the world. Our kids see it. Our friends see it. Our relatives see it. Our neighbors see it. And if, and if those people are on the edge of living and in, in, in giving into fear, thinking that they are alone in this life, how will our response help them? I mean, will we, as children of God, with the map to freedom, will we be able to show them hope? Or are we going to give them despair? So Jesus continues. He says this in verse 27. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads. Because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them this parable. He says, look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourself and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. You know, in those moments, whenever things seem to be at their worst, and I know for some of us in here, it seems like it's at our worst. Can we true choose to trust that God is in control? Could we, do we maybe cower in fear and assume a defensive position? Or could we do what Jesus says? I'm not saying any of this is easy. But could we stand up, lift up our heads, and believe in confidence that God is close. 
I mean, Jesus says that these signs aren't something to be afraid of. They are signs that point us to the fact that he is coming back. There's no more. There is. There is more to the matter of difficulty. Because no matter how difficult things may get, God is coming back. We don't, we don't talk like that very often. We know God saved us. We know that he's redeemed us and forgiven us. But he's coming back. Amen? I believe it. I mean, he's coming back. And this knowledge that, that he's coming back, that he's given us, it is a gift. This knowledge is a gift. So, so do we keep this gift to ourselves? Do we hold on tight to it? Do we treat it as if it's a warm blanket on a very cold day and we wrap it around us so tight so that we can feel good but we're really not letting anybody in? Could we possibly just open up our blanket so that others could get in, maybe share it? I mean, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? I know it's what I'm supposed to be doing. And I, I'm, I'm very aware of this the, all the times that I don't do it. I mean, isn't this what we hope to be doing with our kids? With those people in our life who really need hope? When we use words that help and lift up and point others to God, don't we help our kids learn how to live in the space in between heaven and earth? That's where we are, isn't it? We're kind of in this in-between stage. We're not really of the world anymore. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I mean, granted, we still need to care for God's creation and we need to pay attention to where we are and do our best while we're here. But we don't really fit into the world's way anymore. And we aren't face to face with Jesus yet, which is where we will one day be. So we perpetually live in this space of in between. Isn't that great? How many of you feel that way every once in a while? On Wednesday, my computer crashed, and it's a Mac. It's not supposed to do that. And I will, I'll tell you that Thursday, I was in a perpetual state all day of in-between. What do I do now? What is this instrument in my hand? How do I... You know, it's, it's interesting, that in-between phase... And, and, and think about those people who don't believe. They aren't meant to live in this world without God. They're not. None of us are. Which is why there's so much anguish and fear and despair. And it's so difficult to do alone. I believe that hope is the gift that God has given us to help us live in the in-between. And it's a difficult realization, but it is important. Because when we realize that there's more to the story, that there's still more to do, that Jesus is coming again, then our hope becomes even more valuable. But more so for the others in our life. Those who've squandered their gifts or are just now figuring them out, people people sometimes they need a reminder that they aren't alone in this dangerous in-between. 
And then Jesus continues, verse 34, he says, Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap, for it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. All of us, none of us are immune. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen, and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Now, I know some of us feel that in-between tension probably more than others. Do you endure it alone? Or are you using this as a chance to show others what it means to stand up and to lift our heads, to know that God is near? Maybe sometimes we get it right, and maybe sometimes we just need others to help us live into that. I understand that for you, the world may be more difficult than others. You may have every right to hold on to your anger, to your anxiety. You may have every reason to fear and to self-medicate in order to cope. But is it helping you? Is it helping others? It seems that so many people struggle with those issues that are listed here. Because they have no hope. No hope that things will change, no hope that things will become better, that there's actually more after, more whenever you see Jesus, more even when you meet Jesus, that they don't realize that there's more. But we as followers of Christ, we know that there's more. We know that the only way that some people will ever believe the hope we have is when we take a moment and share it with them. I mean, we can't just give them the info. You can't just give them a track and think that everything's going to be great. It's not that way anymore. People need relationship. We need to be able to walk alongside someone in the midst of their pain, in the midst of their, in the midst of their sin. We need to walk along and help them, reorient them to the way things are supposed to be. That is hope. When they see our response to the headlines that we are bombarded with each and every day about danger on our doorstep or even the circumstances not going our way, when they see our reaction to the diagnosis we may have just received, to rejection, to the death of a loved one, when they see our response to these things, they will know that we believe. They will know what we believe. And they will either be encouraged with hope Or they will see something else entirely. I mean, the truth is, we need one another here. We are here because someone along the way has showed us their hope. And hope, you can write this down, tweet it if you want. Hope is contagious. Because when you share it, oh, it spreads. My wife showed me a commercial, another commercial. And yes, it got me. And and I think you'll recognize the voice. It's a man who shared his hope with me growing up, as I'm sure he did with many of you. And I believe it paints a good picture about what a few seconds of hope has done for all of us in this room. We are here because someone has shared their hope with us. Aren't we? Let's watch this. So many people have helped me to come to this night. Some of you are here. Some are far away. 
some are even in heaven. All of us have special ones who have loved us into being. Would you just take, along with me, 10 seconds to think of the people who have helped you become who you are? Those who have cared about you and wanted what was best for you in life. 10 seconds of silence. I'll watch the time. they must be to know the difference you feel they've made. change the world. I'll tell you that. But what will change the world is if we were to take a second, ten seconds, a minute to share our hope. Just as someone shared their hope with us. I say this is how we begin December. I say we begin By focusing on everyone in this room, everyone around you, and commit to sharing the hope that we have been given. And just watch the fire burn. I'll be here if you need me. I'd love to pray with you. Let's sing. Please be seated. I want to end my time with this. This is a blessing for you. And a challenge, really. If you believe it, do it. And don't be afraid to reach out to those people who need hope, regardless of how they may look or what they may say. Be bold with your kindness and extravagant with your attention. Be deliberate and overwhelming with your hope. Because hope is truly a gift that will continue to give. God be with you.